Welcome to episode 16 of the TOD Project, brought to you by Triumph Company, with your hosts, Marcelo Scott and Jared Klein. Today, on the TOD Project, special guest Armando Valencia, along with Marcellus and Jared, go into the story of Armando's life pertaining to being a first-generation immigrant, the effects of social media when it comes to influence and censorship, and as always, there's got to be some money talk in this one, so stay tuned for the money talk. Get connected with Triumph Company on Instagram at triumphcompanyus, as well as visiting their website, triumphcompany.us, while using the code TOD10, that is T-O-D-10, in all capitalized letters, for 10% off your order at checkout. We would love and appreciate it if you would subscribe to the TOD Project on YouTube and Apple Podcasts, along with following the podcast on Spotify. Also, episode 20 of the TOD Project coming up in four episodes, actually including this one, it'll be five episodes, will be streamed live on our YouTube channel. So make sure to get connected with our YouTube channel. The link to our YouTube will be in the description on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So make sure to subscribe and turn on the notification bell so you don't miss a stream. Finally, follow our special guest Mondo or Armando on Instagram at Mondo.exec. That is at M-A-N-D-O dot E-X-E-C. With that, Sit back, relax, and open your minds for today's episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the TOD Project. This is episode 16. Today, we have a banger. We have a banger. Me, personally, I haven't talked to our to our guest today um, in a while, but uh, always, always stay connected with this man. Um, for both of us, Marcellus and I, he's been, he's been a person that's impacted both our lives um, for the positive and uh, he's a man just that just that just likes to speak the truth and really doesn't really care um, if you like really really doesn't care if you think if you think it's bullshit. I couldn't spit that out to be honest. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, our special guest today. Obviously, if you're on YouTube, you could see him already. Um, Armando Valencia. Um, like I said, he's been a friend of ours for a while. Um, and yeah, so I guess let's just jump into it. Marcellus, how you doing today? Mondo, how you doing today? Man, I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm doing even better. Mondo, welcome, man. It's nice to have you on here finally. Guys, thank you for having me, truly. This is, uh, you know, you guys are the inspiration of, of me doing the podcast. So thank you. This this means a lot. Let's let's get to that right, that right now. Let, let's do your plugs right away so everyone else knows your project, your podcast, what, you, what you're about. Give your plug. For sure. So, um my podcast is called public public comments um so basically i i you know i had an idea of all these ideas that were in my head and i needed a way to get out of them and how it happened was um i bought a mic and then i figured that i couldn't use it without the audio like interface so i bought that thing and i was just like well if i'm gonna invest more money into this i'm just might as well get another mic and so i could do it with you know not just myself and that was kind of the inspiration. Luckily, I'm, I'm blessed to have a brother that kind of produces the whole thing, um, you know, does the angles and edits it and the whole nine yards. And so him and I are, are partnered um, in that. And so been doing it for, I got six episodes, uh, two loading um, that, are, that are about to come up. So definitely uh, subscribe, comment. I got some, you know, I, what's cool is I got some some pretty good topics right off the bat, which I'm sure, you know, you guys are, are on the same wave when we're talking about this. It's just like, everybody wants to talk about the same, the same topics and everybody has their own opinion, which is fantastic to, to be able to kind of put all that stuff out there. But mm-hmm. all the comments on YouTube. Yeah. All, all your stuff for the mm-hmm. listeners, all my, all Mondo stuff will be down in the description. So make sure um, you go follow obviously his personal stuff, but really check out his podcast. It's, it's true content. Um, obviously I'm a little biased cause I know this man and I, I've connected with the, with the guests that he's had on. So, uh, so yeah, it's really good content. Give it a listen. Marcellus, have you given it, have you gave it a listen at all? Yes, I have, man. Uh, the Mike never read episode. The first one, I need to watch the next one or the, the one that they just dropped What this week or was it? Yeah, it was this week you dropped yeah, it. Yeah. 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 I, I watched that. I watched the first Mike and then I watched the one we had with Jordan, uh, the Savage. That was a good one. Yeah. That was so, definitely yeah. Yeah, it was. It was fire. It was fire. Never yeah, y'all so gotta short. watch that shit. <laughs> Never sell short for content. I love the one no. that you had on. Was it your sister? Your first one, I think. 
Yeah, yeah. So that was mainly just to test the equipment, but it ended up being crazy because um I was just recording my little sister, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's it was and interesting. She was, was spitting nuggets, bro. So I was like, it's this is good, this is worthy. It was really interesting. It uh Apple doesn't Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I can tell that right away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I try to teach him, man. Like, uh, you know, my parents never really taught me much of the stuff that I know now, you know, in my adult life. Um, other than like, you know, when you wake up, make sure you do your bed. Don't leave your dish on the table. Like, mm-hmm. you know, little, 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 the, the, the basic stuff. Um, but, you know, they never taught me how to multiply my money or how society works. And so I, I'm glad that my parents are teaching my siblings that, but I feel, you know, being all this a responsibility to uh, pass down what I've learned in my adulthood over to them. So, mm-hmm. hey, that's that, okay. This is a good start. So, I would like to know, you know, what was it like being little Mondo? Uh, I, I'm, aren't you like a first generation immigrant, right? Yeah, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. like, what was what was that like? You know, coming to America. Do you remember like specifically like what it was like? You know, being in Mexico first, and then coming over here and making you know a uh, complete life change. <laughs> but yeah, how was that? Yeah, that that's crazy. That um, I somewhat never really talk about this, but lately, you know, people ask me a lot about it more. So it, it's it's exciting. It's a cool story to tell. So I uh I I, I was born in Jalapa, Veracruz, um, which is like uh coast like you know how mexico has a little tail right yeah so i'm like in the, in the middle the dot middle of the tail that goes like this um that's where that's where veracruz is and i came here when i was eight and i don't really remember much about mexico like vaguely um because most of my you know experiences is out here but when i came here my my mom crossed the border you know very traditional um mexican crossing she crossed you know on foot um, but they paid a little extra change to bring me in a car. So I used somebody else's, uh, you know, identity to come to come through. I don't know who it was, but I remember they told me they were just like, um, the only thing you say, and they were teaching, they were telling me all this in Spanish, but the only thing that you say, if you're spoken to is, um, I do not speak English. Like that is, that's what they told me to say. And I was asleep when, when we crossed the actual border. So I don't remember how that happened. Um, but I remember falling asleep. And then when I got here, uh, I remember seeing the flag, but what the craziest part is that my mom actually, you know, she left, she left me at a stranger's place, uh, trusting that these people would get me to her eventually. Um, I remember her saying like, um, you know, I'll see you soon. She left me with some money and she's like, if you want, you know, candy or whatever, like here's some money. Like these, these, people are going to take you to somewhere to, to meet me. Like I'm going to be gone for a few days. And I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> so good news is I got to my mom very quickly. Cause um, you know, she crossed very quickly on her first attempt, which was, which is good that, that, you know, it's kind of rare for that to happen. Um, and then when I got here, I remember seeing, you know, I was in Texas, I crossed through Texas. So I remember seeing like, highways upon highways of highways you guys know how texas is it's the big american big american flag and um that was my first exposure to to america and being you know growing up i was kind of i was not kind of i was bullied you know i didn't speak english i didn't look like any other kids um you know i didn't speak the language i didn't know what the hell was going on i was in esl which was like looked down upon because it made me feel like i was dumb um that's where my drive i think kind of started to you know to succeed because uh i was like they they like i need to know what they're saying like i'm not dumb i know that i'm smart i need to figure out how to speak their language um Mm -hmm. my neighbor used to have nerf guns and at the time my parents never grew up i never grew up with money my parents didn't really have money you know we rented a room when i got here my dad rented a room in somebody else's home you know so it was myself my mom and me in somebody else's home we rented a room in there so they didn't have money to buy me a Nerf gun. And my neighbor and the kids that I lived with at the home had Nerf guns. And, you know, they would invite me to play, but they would never share because I, I couldn't understand what they were doing. I couldn't understand. I couldn't speak. I couldn't like, you know, be on rock cops or robbers or side or whatever. So that was really where my drive started. And, you know, I, I don't really remember Mexico too much, but I remember that that's kind of how I started. Like, man, I know that I'm, 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 
at the time it was more ego. I was like, man, I know that I'm above all these people because I, I can, you know, learn this fast. So I learned English in like eight months. Um, watching, nice. Yeah. I was watching, I, I was in ESL classes and then I was only in ESL classes for a year because I accelerated so fast. But how I learned how to speak English, I sat and watched the same. This was 2000 and, 2002, right? So that's when SpongeBob, ago. SpongeBob was the OG cartoon, you know, Nickelode- hey. Nickelodeon <laughs> hey. played the same five episodes of SpongeBob. So I was just sitting in front of the TV and I would watch SpongeBob SquarePants and mixed with what I was learning at school versus, um, you know, SpongeBob. And I don't know if you guys remember this book, uh, the monkeys jumping on the bed bug. One little monkey. I think I remember it. <laughs> yeah, five little monkeys jumping on the bed. One fell off and bumped it. Dude, that's literally in my mind egg. because that's, I memorized it. I learned how to read in English. That was my first book that I learned how to read in English. So, yeah, man, I mean, accelerated pretty fast and everything, but I was never really good at school. Like, I just knew how to finesse, I guess. That was <laughs> <laughs> kind of how I, how I got through um, middle school and high school and I didn't go to college, but yeah, dude, that's, that's my, from, from rags to riches, I guess, kind of. Wow. Story. It's crazy. That's great. Dang. That just shows you like, literally, if if you really want to like learn something, you can do it. Like you just got to put your mind to it, man. God. I can't even imagine. Like I can't eat like, when I took Spanish in like middle school, going into high school, I thought it was the hardest thing. I, I can't even imagine buckling down and trying to learn English in eight months. Like that's insane. Especially like at that age too, to have the discipline to do it, especially yeah, that too. Mm-hmm. Like that in itself is, is just as impressive as the feat of learning the language, learning the language itself. Like no matter the time frame, is impressive, but you did it in eight months and at a young age, it's insane. Yeah. I think I kind of got myself to like, well, it's either that or like, you won't have any friends. That's true. I wanted some friends. <clears throat> That's true. <laughs> got to have a social life. <laughs> man. Gosh. Yeah, man. It's crazy. So a big thing, a big thing that has happened. I don't know how long ago it's happened, um, but I know it's, it's fairly recent. You bought your parents a house. Mm, nope. Yeah. So I know obviously where, where I guess all three of us come from, um, retiring your mom or buying your, doing stuff for your parents in general is a big goal of ours. Right. So where, yeah. I, I guess, I guess obviously, obviously we know where the goal starts, right. That that's probably a pretty common goal. Like I want to buy my parents a house. I want to buy my parents a car. I want to retire my mom, but what, what were those steps? What were those struggles that kind of that you know like set you back two steps to allow you to take take three steps forward because that in itself is a is a humongous feat you know everyone has the aspiration but not a lot of people are able to push through that and really you know see see the like reap the benefits of their work you know and and provide that to their family so kind of kind of tell your whole process through that what 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 made you step back what 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 allowed you to push forward and really hone in and tunnel vision on that goal yeah, so um, the inception of it was, like, I always, like, I knew my, my parents always deserved something different, and it wasn't really until I started um, trading that I really kind of came up with that goal because I knew that they needed a new home, but I always thought that they were just going to do it by themselves because um, that's just, you know, what that's just how adults should live their life. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh as i started learning about money uh i realized that like neither of my parents had ever made more than like 40 50,000 dollars a year uh and when i made that in 4 months i was like yeah i need to you know i need to do something to help them um but it took me 3 years to do it so even though you know i made really good money i think that was the the setback that I, I, I grew up with no money. And so therefore I lack the education of what to do with it. Uh, so it, I was making good money and I could have done it so much sooner. Like I could have bought my parents a house in 2018, you know, but I, I didn't, I didn't know what to do with money. Mm-hmm. So I was just kind of like 
doing things to trying to do things to impress people that didn't really care about me just because right. I thought that money was, you know, how, how I would get into like a different social class kind of goes back to, you know, in the beginning where I had to learn how to speak English, like I needed to do something, same thing. I think that translated into, into money is that I felt like I needed to, I felt like I needed to impress people. And so I would make a bunch of money. And so I moved to, out of my parents' house when I was uh, 20 years old. I moved into a house and roomed with seven people. Uh, and after my lease expired, I moved back to my parents, um, which in like Hispanic culture, like if you move out, you, you know, you're like, you're SOL, like you, you're kind of considered like a failure if you come back. Um, but I came back and my parents, you know, with open arms, they, you know, they take care of me, but mm-hmm. um, then I got back on my feet and I moved out again. And I was living by myself for three years. When I moved out of the house, that's when I was, that's when I set the goal. I set the goal to buy my parents a house. And uh, my mom never wanted anything too big because she knew that eventually, you know, it was going to be an empty nest and she doesn't like cleaning. So she was going to have to (laughs) clean the whole thing. And um, she wanted like a decent sized house. And so what I did was I went on, on Google and I typed in townhomes. I typed in just regular, right? And I made what's called a vision board and hey. I put it up on, on my wall. I actually made like a vision wall in my room, big ass wall. I put all these things that I wanted to accomplish in my life. And, uh, you know, a house for my parents was one of them. And every day, you know, you wake up and you look at it and you see it. Uh, I started saving money, putting money to the side, um, you know, stacked up 10 grand, stacked up some more money. And I was like, okay, I think I'm ready to do it. And then I had like a big punch in the face financially where I needed to actually use some of that money. And I was like, man, now I'm, you know, what's happening, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was kind of like the repetition and, and testing like the universe or God was testing me on whether this goal of mine was, was worthy, you know, whether I was worthy of it, I feel like. Um, so I got back on my feet once again. And the cool part was that, I, I, you know, I kept looking at the picture, but that's when I had learned about affirmations and I made what's called a goal card. Right. And every day I would read to myself, I'm so happy and grateful now that I, my parents live in a hospital that I bought for them every day for like six, seven months. And one day my mom texted me, she said, I have the information to someone that can finance you a home uh, on DACA, which was another obstacle. I don't have a citizen. I don't have a legal status in the U S so I can't get a traditional loan. I can't, you know, I can't, I can't go to, you know, Wells mm-hmm. Fargo and ask him for a $200,000 mortgage loan because it's, I'm a risky person. Cause I'm not technically allowed to be in the U S so uh, you have to find specific lenders. And my mom, you know, being the smart woman that she is found, found a plug basically. Wow. <laughs> Sounds more. Shout out to mom for real. Uh, she she sent me the picture. She's like, I think I can, you know, uh, I found someone that can help you out. I reached out to them and they were able to help me out. Funny story about the house that, that I bought. I didn't even look at it. I, my mom was like, she, she, I was like, whatever, like find a house. You know, I got approved for $200,000, $220,000. And I was like, that that's your cap. Like go, go shopping. And I actually went to see like three or four houses with her, I placed uh, an offer on three of them and all three of them got outbidded. Uh, and it wasn't until the fourth one, which was the one that I bought, uh, that she's like, I really like this one. And she went by herself to, to, to see the house. I was like, cool, if you like it, I'll put an offer on it. And the offer got accepted. Um, I had never even bought the house. I'd never even seen the house other than online. Um, got accepted and I closed on the house about, 32 days later so did it get did it get accepted wow. right away or was there a little uh was there a little kind of leeway where you were worrying where you were worrying like am i gonna get outbid again or uh it was two days so yeah. it wasn't like right away but it was it was two days so yeah pretty reasonable but yeah it was it was good the other ones you know it took a little bit longer um but here's here's the crazy part and I'm, i said this about my instagram this picture's on my instagram the house that i bought from the outside looks 90% identical to the house that was on my vision board. That's crazy. 
<laughs> like man. And and like wow. that wasn't it wasn't planned. Like I didn't I didn't I didn't realize it until I was like in euphoria. I was like, I did it, you know, like I'm gonna go post about it on social media. I went to my vision board and I took a picture of the damn vision wall. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit, it looks you know, almost identical wow. to what I had on my vision board. And uh yeah, that was a big, that was a big thing. But that's when I really realized that, you know, God always has you know, is when, when, when spirit rises and commands, God is ready to, to obey. I, I keep mm-hmm. hearing it in my head. You know, Amen. so I felt like my level of belief was so high at that point that everything just, you know, aligned the way that it was supposed to. So crazy shit, man. It's crazy. It's crazy. Turn up, man. If we was on a Zoom call for QC, I would say drop seven, seven. But um, man, I, I want to ask you about these current events going on right now because when you started talking about you know trading and, and getting to the bag, get to the money, man, a lot of people are losing a lot of money in these markets and they don't want to get that you know that mentorship like us three. We were we get mentored and still get mentored to this day about the financial markets. So what do you think about the GameStop pump, the AMC pump, and this dang um Doge coin? Oh my God, it's a freaking meme, y'all! It's a meme. <laughs> It's crazy, man. Uh, that was actually my first question that I asked Mike on my second, uh, you know, my second <laughs> recording with him. Because, I, like, in my opinion, right, before I even bring up what he talked about, I actually am not going to talk about what he talked about. I just go watch the episode, you know? But in my opinion, I thought it was a bunch of bullshit um, because I don't even know if I'm allowed to swear on here, but. Yeah, go for it. Man, shoot, this will be do. I swear on mine, so I feel like it's whatever. You know, Joe Rogan swears, so I feel like it's all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't we don't have we don't have really any filters, so go for it, my man. That's good. Um, I I thought it was all just you know bullshit. Yeah, uh, people, but like myself, when I started, want to make money fast. I want to make money quick, and they think that buying into the hype is going to make the money. And I think it's great. A lot of people made a very significant amount of money. You know, mm-hmm. I, I love that. Yeah. I think that it's good that people became aware that you can make money online. You don't have to slave away at your freaking corporate construction job uh, for, you know, $18 an hour. You can make 500 bucks in six hours you know Mm. it's cool i think people realize that which is good i love that part of it what i don't like is the manipulation because it shows Mm. that it shows that media controls human emotion you know i think that just like you know the whole covid shenanigans the media like led people to believe a certain subject a certain uh storyline mm-hmm. people followed it and so same thing mm-hmm. what's happening with you know the current events in, in in the stock market and the financial markets i should say because crypto as well um is the media you know whoever because somebody controls reddit you know they, they I, I think i think everything is controlled i think everybody everything can be manipulated you know if the financial yeah. markets can be manipulated i think you know a website can too so um I think somebody, maybe not just one person, but I think a collective amount of people, um, I think we're smart enough to be like, let's, you know, let's play around with some human emotion and and they made it happen. Honestly, one of my theories is like, I'm along your lines, like someone went on Reddit, but they had inside information and knew that hedge funds, if this happened, they would lose a shit ton of money. And in, in the, in those hedge funds losing money, they would make money. So I, they, they pulled their strings that they had to do talk to the people on the wall street bets, Reddit, And we're like, Hey, say this shit. People are going to pump GameStop, AMC, whatever. And all these people are going to lose money. And then in the back, they're like, Oh, I'm going to make fucking bank off of this, bro. Yeah. 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 That's that's what I'm saying, bro. I think that people people always do something for a reason, you know. Like, there's not very many people that would just do something out of the kindness of their heart, and especially in the financial markets. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny because now, like, I'm in I'm in like design chats, like sports design chats on Twitter and stuff, and now they went from being design chats now to stock chats. 
And like <laughs> literally everyone and their mom was posting like Robin Hood screenshots and stuff of like all their stocks or whatever. And I'm just like, literally like three days ago, this wasn't even a, this wasn't even a thing of conversation. Like no one even cared. And now all of a sudden everyone's just like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm a fucking stock market guru. I fucking, I made 30 bucks on GME today or whatever the fuck, you know? Yeah. Like one, one, that- one of my buddies, he, he, Oh my God, we were sitting in class and he goes, Oh, I got to go download Weeble now. And I go, why? He goes, <laughs> I, I go, why? Like when I was, I, when I was trading and I was talking to you about it, you had no, you had no interest. He's like, well, I mean, everyone else is doing it. And I just, well, I was like, Bro, observe the masses do the opposite. Honestly, <laughs> I I didn't. I just okay, bro. Whatever. Do you? I thing. had somebody call me. I not to. I don't know who gave him my number. I really don't. But they called me right, and ah, uh, they left me a voice message. They're like, so, uh, and th- their phone kind of cut out when it said who gave him my number. So that's why I don't know who. And I I, I forgot to ask. Um. And it said, you know, this, this person told me that you're the guy that, that, that invests and teaches people to invest. So I call him back. Right. And he's just like, yeah, I just want to learn how to buy stocks. I'm like, okay, why do you want to do that? He, he's like, because everybody on Twitter and Facebook is doing it. I said, so listen, I'm, I'm Hispanic. I'm Mexican. Right. And my mom always used to tell me like, if you see everybody else eating shit, are you gonna go pick up a piece of shit? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's you know? like the it's like the if you see if you see other people jumping off a bridge, are you gonna yeah like similar? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Except my mom was a little bit more aggressive with it. But yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. But that's what I told him, and you know he was like, yeah, I guess you're right. I'm like, come on, bro. Like, it's investing one on one. Don't don't get in when everybody else is getting out. You know, so. It's crazy, man. This whole shit is shenanigans, but I love it, man. I think it's great to be a part of it, live in it and see, live through life on the other side of it. Like to be aware of how everything works. And, you know, I don't know. I, the only thing that I know is that I know nothing. I just kind of go, mm. I just kind of go with the flow of things, you know, and play my bowl, play my role and mm-hmm. make a few bucks here and there, you know, but. So, so now we're talking about stocks. So what's your, I mean, Dogecoin was a big thing. I mean, recently, Bitcoin, um, Ethereum recently hit all-time highs. Um, Bitcoin a little bit earlier than that. So where do you think Dogecoin is? Obviously, you were talking about it a little bit on your podcast with Mike um, about it being like a meme and stuff. But you do you think it could potentially be a legitimate current cryptocurrency or no? Uh, if you would have asked me this question three hours ago, I would have totally gave you a complete different answer. But because I tuned into uh, Jordan's crypto call at seven, I now have a different bias. And I don't think that a legitimate investor would want something that was created as a joke in their legitimate investing portfolio. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that the people that created it will continue writing the, will continue writing the, the emotional wave of investing through retail investors, meaning like, you know, I'm talking about like euphoria, depression and all that you know, the up and down. Yep. yep what yep. XRP is doing basically. Uh, <laughs> no, basically. Man. Yeah. XRP I, think, is shit cool. I think that's what, what will happen. Um, Cause it's not a legit asset, you know, it was created as a joke. So, you know, it doesn't have any monetary value. There's nothing proprietary about it, you know? Right. So, so I, I think people can trade it and make some money off of it. And that's great. A lot of people will make a lot of money. A lot of people will lose a lot of money, but I, a legitimate investor wouldn't, I don't think would ever have that as part of their portfolio. That's like, yo, Jared, you're a pro investor. Let me see your portfolio. Oh, you have a joke in there. Mm-hmm. Like, literally <laughs> right. like, nobody, I like a deck of cards, right? I don't have a joker in here. You know, it's like, yeah. Nobody wants that. That's my opinion though. I could be totally wrong and it could be, you know, 80 cents tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So I don't think, I mean, granted, who are we to say like this shit isn't going to happen overnight? I mean, we've seen crazy, we've seen crazier stuff. Um, but like, I don't know. I feel like it's, it's all with attributed value. You know, Bitcoin was a joke and it was at, you know, like 10 bucks, you know? Yeah. Fact. So like it, it's, just, I mean, you never know. I mean, we can assume, I mean, obviously Dogecoin was named off a joke, but I mean, all they got to do is, 
rename it and then it could become legitimate. You know, it's just attributed value, just like anything else. So, yeah, I think the difference is Bitcoin is a network, not just a coin. Yeah, that's right. so. And, and it's digital gold, too. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> a storage of value, literally. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I think that's why. I think a lot of people are like, oh, this could be the next Bitcoin or this could be the next Ethereum. Like people think Litecoin could be the next Ethereum and there's potential, you know, I think obviously just like uh, the Dow Jones, you know, you can invest into the S&P 500 for a 10th of the price, you know, same thing. You know, you can invest into Litecoin for a 10th of the price of Bitcoin. They all, you know, they're all, they're all assets. They'll have value, but there's always, there's always a king in the jungle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's facts. <laughs> where do you see, I guess, since Bitcoin's at the top, where do you see Bitcoin at the end of 2021? Cause we got a, we got a pretty, uh, a pretty, a pretty bold statement from Jordan. I'll reveal that after you, you give your statement. So I would say, dude, I've been learning a lot about Bitcoin. Again, if you would have asked me this question two weeks ago, I would have gave you a totally different answer, but because I've been studying like the market movements and really been diving deep into like cryptocurrency experts and just the network, of cryptocurrencies and, and the Bitcoin uh, blockchain, um, I could definitely see Bitcoin at over 100K. Hey, dang, I, yo, that's exactly yo. what Jordan said. <laughs> 100K, 100K. Exactly what yeah. Jordan said. Jason Brown today said that he could see it at 50K by the end of the quarter. So if the first quarter hits at 50K, we just keep riding the wave, you know, the same cycles that are happening. And, you know, it took from 2011 to 2020 for Bitcoin to go from like, you know, a few hundred bucks or a few thousand dollars, like 17000 or $1,700 to, you know, 38 What was that? 38 today. Mm-hmm. Decade. So I think we can cut down the, the time. Supply and demand, basic supply and demand things as well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I'm, I'm at the point now where like, so I do like freelance stuff on the side. You know that. I'm putting like 50, 75% of my freelance check into cryptos and into like stuff like that, like. It's I used I used to just stick it all in the savings and this is there's just no reason to, no Not reason. Thanks, thanks. Well, I really don't have I really don't keep money in my bank. Um, <laughs> there's no reason to, you know. There isn't. <laughs> I live my life on debit cards, or on credit cards. I mean, because uh, I recently discovered that you can create a hustle off of that if you use them correctly. You know, it builds your credit and helps you. You know, just it, it's cash flow. You mm-hmm. know, cash flow. And then any, any, uh, liquid money, you know, obviously I keep enough to, you know, in case I got to pay a $300 freaking toe or something like that. Like I have enough in there for, for a small emergency, but I don't keep any money in the bank, bro. Like all my money's in either my trading account or in cryptos mm-hmm. or, or my house or mm-hmm. looking to getting another one. You know, it's like, I just don't want my money to sit there. It's like water. I heard this analogy once. Money's like water, right? If you're in the middle of jungle and you see a puddle of water, chances are you're not going to just drink it because it's sitting there. You know, you can't it's like stale water, still water turns bad, right? It's mold, viruses, germs, all that shit. But moving water, current, like, like uh, flowing water is you can drink it. Like you can mm-hmm. go to mountain. If it's flowing, you can drink it. It's the same thing with money. Like you just got money just chilling in the bank because of a rainy day, right? <laughs> because our parents taught us to save money. Um, it's not doing anything. It's actually losing value. So that's the way I look at money. So we've been we've been talking about financial stuff here. Um, to, so to kind of gain um, your credibility for the, for the viewers, tell people, I guess, um, what you do. Um, in a sense of the fi- like, of the financial world, obviously we know what you do, but to kind of solidify what the people have been listening to for the past twenty minutes here, um, kind of give people your uh, your lowdown on that side of things. Yeah, probably should have started with that one, right? Yeah, uh, <laughs> we kind of we kind of jumped right in. That was on me. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I I uh, got started in this whole. I love money. I'm not afraid to admit it. It's my best friend. I would, I'm in love with it. You know, I have a very deep, deep, deep obsession with it. Um, mainly because I grew up with none of it, but it doesn't, money is my servant, but not my master. You know, I love Preach. it. because I love it because I can, 
like I have a million dollar chocolate bar. My girlfriend got it for me. Like this is how obsessed I am. Like people just give me money shit all the time. Because <laughs> people people know I love it, bro. Like for real. But because mainly like I never I never grew up with it. So in in my career, I started off as a salesperson. I was knocking on doors. Um, then I went, I was knocking on doors selling people cable. Um, then I upgraded to knocking or going to businesses and trying to get them to reduce their uh, utility bill, gas and gas and electric. Um, then I attempted to run my own business, um, selling health products, uh, and we did a storefront and everything. And once I knew that, you know, that that just wasn't the way to go, mom and pop, traditional business wasn't the way to go, I got into uh, inside sales. So phone sales, like on the phone, calling people, cold calling people, receiving calls. Um, that's where I made six figures. I made six figures in sales. And then I got introduced into what I do now, two and a half years ago, uh, through random guy on Instagram. I, said, I think I said this earlier. But now what I do is I'm, I'm an investor, investor and digital marketer. So I run an organization of continuously growing, grow, growing global organization. Um, right now I work with about 150 students. Um, and I teach or coach, I should say, because I don't directly teach, but I coach people on how to invest their money into all three of the financial markets. So cryptocurrencies, um, Forex and the stock market. Uh, that's what I do. The majority of my income comes from trading myself. I, I mastered this skill. Uh, I got really good at taking my income at my job and multiplying it uh, for myself until my profits became larger than my wages. Um, and so I, I quit my job and I do this full time. And um, as far as the marketing aspect of it, that's, you know, that's what I do. I'm an influencer for a platform that, that we learn from. And I've been doing that for two and a half years. And uh, I want to, my, my future and where I'm going is I want to take the concept of what I'm doing and uh, do that with real estate. So I know that over time, people like you guys, you know, because you know this information, Marcellus, you, Jared, like you're going to have, you know, a decent chunk of change in 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. Yes, sir. Um, I can feel it. <laughs> and so when people have money, uh, sometimes they don't know what to do with it. And so I want to teach people to invest into real estate. So that's that's the move. Have you dabbled hey. in that yet? Yes. Um, personally, like taught somebody how to invest. No, I've like kind of guided people through um, how to buy a house because I did it for myself. Um, I've did a couple unofficial like real estate deals, meaning like I'm not a real estate agent and nor did I buy property on my own, but I did the transaction. Um, I bought my first property, obviously, last year. And right now I'm getting into the game of all the foreclosures that are going to happen. Uh, oh this year a lot of people deferred their you know i'm sure you guys are familiar deferred their their mortgages uh three six or nine months so people haven't been paying their mortgages and mortgage lenders are allowing this to happen and it started in december this will be the third month that people uh, have to start paying back the, the money so i think in the spring summer when you know sheriffs can actually come in and kick you out of your house when it's not you know there's not six inches eight 12 inches of snow out here in chicago mm -hmm. um people people will start unfortunately um being foreclosed on their home and so i'm learning a strategy of going in there and kind of being superman for those people and inevitably there are some people that we can't help but we can't help them save the home some people will be able to save the home you know we'll, we'll renegotiate with the bank but other people unfortunately are too too deep in the hole where they'll need to leave so we're going to provide them, you know, with help on how to move because people they can't pay the mortgage. Chances are they don't have money to find a new spot or, you know, for a moving truck or all that stuff. And so helping those people and then taking control of the property ourselves. So we're going to come up on some some investments uh, through there and really just targeting the Latino community because, uh, you know, not not discriminating anybody else. But <laughs> me personally, you know, I want to help Latinos because, um not a lot of people really have information about that. So that's kind mm -hmm. of my goal. So yeah. Big once, moves. Yeah, man. man. That's all we're about. Once, one, dude, what I'm telling you guys, once 
I really get the groove of these because I'm not learning this. You know, I think every mentor has a mentor. So I'm learning this from somebody that actually reached out to me to learn how to trade. This guy's already know. this guy's wealthy already. You know, he's got multiple income producing properties and he wants to learn how to trade. He reached out to me then as he started seeing that, you know, I'm, I, I would consider myself slightly above average. Um, he was like, dude, I think you got a lot of potential to do real estate. I'm like, bro, you're speaking my language. That's what I want to do. And um, he's like, let me take you under my wing and show you everything I know. And I'm like, bro, please, you know? <laughs> and uh, yeah, once I learned that, you know, obviously transfer knowledge. I get people like you guys to, to do the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Hey, turn up. Um, so your podcast, bro, I, I know for a fact you probably got like a, uh, uh, a special guest that you want to have on like in the future so like whoever like in the whoever's your top like idol or person you want on that podcast who who would be that person that you would like literally like man do anything you could to get them on the podcast grant grant cardone i, I should have never asked this <laughs> i mean where, where i should have knew that but why grant cardone i mean i know why grant cardone. Like, don't you yeah i do have a like why grant cardone Hey, <laughs> I, I know why. I kind of know why, but like, really, like, why Grant Cardone for the listeners? Um, Grant. Okay, so I I I started learning about money through Grant. Um, I started making a lot of money because of Grant. Um, and then I got the real estate idea because of Grant. So a lot of he's my mentor indirectly. I consumed a lot of his sales videos. I enrolled into his university. The reason why, you know, I can sell mainly anything, you know, to anybody is because I learned the skill from him. Uh, And then once he kind of was like going into the real estate path, um, I was still soaked up into sales. Started seeing, you know, he bought a jet and then he bought a bigger jet and now he got a helicopter. So now he's got a jet and a helicopter. I'm like, you know, I want to know how he did that. He, he <laughs> talks a lot about taxes. You know, he runs like 15 companies and all of them have his name on them. So uh, I just, you know, I would love to sit down for an hour and just pick his brain. Uh, he's, he's very humble, but a lot of people think he's a dick because he's very, he's narcissist. He's a narcissist for sure. You know, he thinks he's the shit. He thinks he's above everybody else, but he has a willingness to learn, which is great because uh, John Travolta, I was actually at his, at his conference last year and John Travolta, believe it or not, is close to a billionaire. Um, he doesn't disclose it or anything like that, but he owns like six jets and Grant only owns one. And so Grant was asking him questions and Grant was taking notes. And I don't know, I think, you know, Grant or note takers are money makers. And I admire his ambition to learn, to keep learning and to learn from players that have more money than him. But I also admire the fact that um, he stands his ground when people talk shit about him, because I can relate a lot to, to, to that when people are like, you know, people from high school now that see me doing what I'm doing on social media. People, yeah, exactly. They just talk and talk and talk. And they're like, man, this guy's just all this, that and the third. I'm like, that's cool, bro. Whatever. I don't care. Say what you say. Think what you think. But dude, I love the guy. His wife is awesome. His kids are great. I love it. Man, they are. His plane is legit. I want one myself. So he's just, I would, I'm going to have him on my podcast one day. I don't know how or when. And Canelo too, bro. Hey, that would be lit. Yeah. That'd be insane. That'd yeah. be insane, yeah. bro. That would be, yeah. Canelo's a beast. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, he's going to be my business partner one day. I don't, again, I have no idea how, but I tell that to everybody. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to teach Canelo how to trade. <laughs> I'm going to chop it up with Canelo one of these times. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, who knows? That shit could happen in two months for all we know, you know? Yeah. You, you never know. Only sure. takes, only takes a day. That's only true. takes one message. You never know what could go out there. Very true. Social media is crazy, man. The internet is, uh, it's my favorite thing. The reach on some of the things is just insane. Like, dude, sometimes like, I know like it's crazy. Like I work with Instagram a lot. I do. I work with it. Obviously 
like through this and through our business that we have together and um, through my personal stuff. But when I do freelance, I do social media design and stuff. So I'm kind of on the front lines of like their marketing team almost. And every time Instagram comes out with like an algorithm update, we really like, we, we know because we, we usually get like 10, 15 K likes on our stuff every time. And then those, those handfuls of posts would get like two K three K, you know, but sometimes out of the blue, like organic growth, just bang, like a snap of a finger, some posts just pop up on the, like, you get comments and comments and likes and likes. And all of a sudden they got 80,000 likes. Like it's all it takes is one all it takes. It's insane how fast it can go. Yeah. It's crazy. I saw that with Mike, dude, like with, I did a reel and I, that was the first reel. I think second reel I ever did was, um, one of Mike's, you know, Mike has a very big following and I blew up, bro. Like it blew up. So it's crazy. I got a ton of followers I got a ton of likes and much stuff. Like I got DMs, people I had no idea who they were. Like I really saw the power of that behind social media. You know, you you get something that provides value. And it was a short 15 second little clip of, you know, an hour long recording. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, dude, the, the the connections were outstanding. I love the internet. I just I I mean we we say you don't know what you don't know. Like I just gotta dive deeper on that stuff. For real. Like, algorithm research and like why reels are like the hot shit now you know like it's just it's always changing too it's always changing you know what fucks me up though my brother introduced me to shadow banning and uh i've i've seen that happening i talk a lot of shit on facebook and instagram um like i'll post something about covid and i'll notice that 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 particular post doesn't get as much as many views as you know, if I won't post anything about COVID for like two weeks, you know, my stories will get 200 more views than when I do post something about COVID. Like you see something and it's got the little COVID advisory at the bottom. Oh my God. The fact checks. Yes. Yeah. Anytime I post something in a fact check, Instagram puts a fact check on there. Anything I post after that, the viewings go down. It's like you get, you get like blacklisted or like red listed for like a week. (laughs) It sucks. (laughs) <laughs> it's that censorship that censorship and uh cancellation lifestyle that that's been that's been popping up yeah do you, do you guys know if trump got unblocked off twitter i did not know he uh, got no nah, i don't i don't think he did honestly no i'm asking like i i, I don't know either I don't oh know. What, what do you think about that though like that's crazy that's the freaking u.s president like yeah, got shut down <laughs> that just goes to show how corrupt the system is man like some mm-hmm. people were like it's not freedom of speech because it's a corporation and it violated their, their, their like, um, TOS. Yeah. Yeah. Terms of whatever service terms of service. Yeah. They like it violated that. Um, but you know, I, I, I don't know, man, like, isn't this guy supposed to be the most powerful, you know, leader on the planet to the point where he has, he has control over the corporations. Like what if it's, what if, Twitter is the only way to reach America, you know, you know, like I think that the media, I don't know, something interesting that I saw was that a lot of the messages that he was putting out, he wasn't doing them through traditional media cycles like CNN or the White House YouTube videos. Um, he was publishing himself, or maybe not himself, but his administration was publishing him on Facebook, um, which was interesting. And then when I saw that he got banned, like, I didn't even know he had a Facebook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's where he was like every day for like the last month of his presidency, he was dropping a video, you know, explaining a lot of the stuff that was happening. But because again, Facebook is corrupt as well. Um, it just goes to show that the corporations run the politicians. Politicians don't run corporations, you know? And it, it seems like it doesn't even matter if your title is the president of the United States. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, man. It's it's crazy. Like I, I don't even care. I don't even care if you like the guy, if you don't like the guy, but like that's fucked up. Like it is, yeah, it is. Like imagine if they did that to Biden, a lot of people would be pissed. Oh yeah. Yeah. This guy's gonna fuck everything up, I think. But oh my god, yes, bro. And then that Bernie Sanders meme. Why is somebody <laughs> nice? He's not even a president. He's not even a president, bro. And he's getting more uh, popularity and publicity. He could 
probably he can come out with a coin called the Bernie coin, and I guarantee you, people will buy it. I was just gonna say it's the same thing as like oh Dogecoin and like all this shit. It's social media, bro. It, that okay? That honestly, some of those were the funniest things I've ever <laughs> seen. <laughs> some of those were- He's just sitting there with his mittens, bro. <laughs> that was that was that 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 meme, bro. It broke the internet, dude. That was the funniest thing ever. It was on everything. I did I did yes. see that he did he he published it on hoodies, sold out, and then donated everything, donated all the profits. So that was oh, some, that's awesome. That was a good use of his own meme, but he did it himself. So that that's was genuine. Dope. Very. Yeah. I, I dig it. I'm doing it a lot. Oh my god, it was he's like that cool grandpa man. That's probably why it popped off because like he's just like an old guy, just like looks all disgruntled <laughs> and like just chilling in his chair. Yeah. <laughs> man. Damn man. Huh? He was mad. I feel like he was mad. Oh yeah, yeah like no doubt. But I mean, at least he took advantage of the situation and used it for for something that that benefited, you know. Yeah, true. That was a good. I didn't know about that charity move. That was awesome. I didn't even know he did that. Yeah, it was uh, this like campaign or something. He don't Vermont Vermont wheels on meals meals on wheels. That's what he donated to. So, well, dang, I didn't even realize that. Well, damn, I mean. Yeah, I mean, low-key, I mean, I don't really know much about him as a politician, but I just feel like he's a genuine dude. I feel like he's yeah, a nice guy. That, that's how I feel. I feel the same exact way. I just like Bernie as a person. Just like Donald Trump. Like, all the, if I follow a politician, I'm going to like him as a person and not solely just on, like, oh, okay, I'm just on the side of Republicans. Like, so many people are, like, one-sided when it comes to that stuff. I don't like getting into it because people will, will – they'll go ham at your ass about a certain uh, side, and I just – I stay out of it. Trigger I don't even vote. I'm not. I'm probably never going to vote, honestly. But that's besides. That's another. That's another podcast. <laughs> Ooh, that is a topic. That's a big yeah, topic. It is. It's a good one. That is a good one. Dang. All right. Well, <laughs> damn. I mean, it, it's it's been awesome having you, Mondo. I knew this one was going to be awesome. Especially, I wanted to piggyback off of your episode with Mike because it was we are going to talk about that similar stuff. So so uh, I knew today was going to be it was going to be a banger. Um. If you have anything else that you want to say, Marcel, if you have any closing thoughts that you want to say, um, kind of let them out and then we'll kind of close it up. That sound good? Hey, listen to this man, Mondo. Go to his IG. Uh, listen to his podcast. He has a lot of information when it comes to finance. If you want to get your money right, like Grant Cardone says, listen to Mondo, man. And uh, yeah, I'm just blessed to have him on. And I'm ready to get on his podcast as well. I think it's going to be fun. <laughs> oh, I'm excited for that one. Jerry's <laughs> gonna come through one day too. Yeah, we we were talking. We were talking a while ago. Um, Marcellus and I were actually talking about it earlier this week, and maybe we can we can get in get in your DMs and talk about maybe like scheduling a meeting up there in Chicago. Come through. I'm here. Always gonna be there. Yeah. All right. Well, damn guys, go down below, follow Mondo, um, listen to his podcast. Like I I, I keep reiterating. Oh, also one thing that I didn't mention, I should have mentioned this. I'll probably put an audio clip in this in the middle. Episode 20 is going to be streamed live on YouTube. So make sure you follow us on YouTube. It'll be down in the description below, but yes, follow Mondo. Keep, keep up with this man. He pushes out content, a ton, a ton of content every single week. He's a knowledgeable man. Um, and also he's just a genuine dude. If you didn't get that from this podcast, you weren't listening. Um, but yeah, Mondo, again, thank you for coming on. This has been episode 16 of the TOD project and we'll see you guys next time.